The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Hey, Chadville. Happy Wednesday to you. It's Jaylen Nye joining you this afternoon. Producer Brad checking in this afternoon, too. Hey, Brad. Hey, how's it going? Well, <laughs> <laughs> better days. Yeah, you know what? That whatever whatever little bug I have caught is kind of hanging on. So, um, I think I feel worse. Ho- well, I, I hope I don't sound as bad as I feel, but I, um, I I feel like crap to be honest with you. So let's just put it that way. Yeah, and it, it it's just sort of progressed slowly <laughs> for you over the week. You came back on Monday, and you just had a little tickle in your throat. Yeah, and I remember no, it's, yeah. Before the show, you just said, "Yeah, I'm just feeling a little thing in my throat. It's really yeah. weird." And then it's, it's slowly, gone downhill. Yeah. So last night I uh, got uh, got home after work, did some uh, running around, had to uh, had to do some stuff early this morning, so I had to get ready for that, and took some Nyquil. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky you woke up this Took morning. Took some NyQuil and went to bed at about 9. And uh, Coach uh, said he came up around 10 o'clock. And uh, he said that I talked to him. I don't remember that. Uh, it was just like, hi, good night, love you, sort of stuff. I don't remember that. But he said within about five seconds from there, it was just like full-on snoring. Like it was freight train snoring. He had to go sleep on the couch that, uh, last night. That was going to be my question. Did he climb into bed or did he wake no, up on the couch? No, he was on the couch. Uh, so it was me on the couch for the first uh, two <laughs> nights, Monday, Tuesday, because I wasn't feeling well. And then last night because of the snoring. And it was funny because we just t- had the story the other day talking about how women tend to not admit that they snore and and even if they do admit that they snore that they certainly don't um admit to the uh the decibel level let's put it this way uh and uh <laughs> and hey i've been told jim says it's either you know he says it's either like two kittens like playing with each other like little meows or it's a freight train and apparently it was a freight train last night yeah i uh, i get to freight train levels too it, but, it happens. But, you know, when you're sick, uh, I was thinking last night between the cold medicine and, you know, the bad, you know, bad throat and stuffy nose that there was there was no way that uh, my husband and I were going to be in the same room last night, even <laughs> on the same floor of the house. <laughs> no, for me, it's every night. Oh, really? Yeah, it's pretty bad. Do you have a machine? Do you think you need to go get a machine? I think I need to get a machine. It's definitely something I've uh, been pondering the last yeah. little while. It gets pretty intense. Oh, wow, eh? Yeah, uh, good okay. times. Well, now that we've got that one out of the way. Yeah. Sorry. Take care uh, of the snoring uh, take business. <laughs> on the show today, uh, a couple of really interesting things coming up. Uh, well, first off. Excuse me, I'm still having troubles. Like again, if you if you hear me choking, give me a second and I'll be right back. Can you can you read that right now? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a contest today through Friday. It's the Edmonton Eskimos Tom Cochran ticket giveaway. It will be June 14th. The Green and Gold are back. So the Eskimos home opener against the Montreal Alouettes and the guest at halftime for that show is Tom, Tom Cochran. Tom Cochran himself. So we so. have some tickets to give away for that uh, for that game coming up today. Also on the show, we're going to talk about sex and your kids. Um, what happens when uh, your kids are exposed to uh, pornography? Um, you know, highly sexualized content at a young age. So we're going to talk with Dr. Jillian Roberts. She's a child psychologist and uh, the author of, of a book called Kids, Sex and Screens, Raising Strong, Resilient Children in the Sexualized Digital Age. And then at three o'clock, I've been looking forward to this interview all week. Uh, we've been talking about it over the past couple of days on 630 Chad. And it's um, 
all to do with um, the it's, it's the 30th anniversary of the Tiananmen Square massacre. And you'll remember um, possibly one of the most iconic photos ever to be taken um, in the history of photography was was taken uh, 30 days, 30 years ago today. Yes. 30 years ago today. Um, it was the day after the massacre and a photographer was asked to go to the square to um, kind of cover the aftermath. And so he did. And that photographer who took that picture, Tank Man, that uh, man standing in front of the tank, um, is going to be joining us at 3 o'clock this afternoon. His name is Jeff Widener, and he was nominated for a Pulitzer Prize for this photographer and spot reporting. Amazingly did not win it, but 30 years on, still ranks. And if you go to Time Magazine, they have a they have a list of the 100 most kind of iconic photos that are out there, and this is on there. And if you go through it and start clicking and go, Oh, yeah, I've seen that one before. I've seen that one before. I've seen that one before. But Jeff is going to join us because there's a whole story that leads up to that photo and how that photo almost did not happen. It almost did not get taken. Yeah, and that's the most compelling part about all of this with Jeff is his story about what happened in the days leading up to June 5th and then the days following June 5th, yeah. along with, of course, taking that photograph. Yeah. But so much happened to him and around him in the, that 72-hour period. It's fascinating. Yeah, so really looking forward to that. You know, you tracked him down. What's he in Hawaii right now? Yeah, he's based out of Germany. It sounds like yeah. he's on a little uh, vacation. vacation in Hawaii, but uh, we are certainly not the only people talking <laughs> to him today. I, uh, I touched base with him earlier this morning, and he said, oh, Thanks, thanks for, for letting, letting me, me know. Yeah, thanks for letting me know. I'm all over the place right now, but it, kind enough to, to spend a, a good chunk of his day with us today. So it's going to be really great. It's going to be interesting, uh, an interesting conversation. Also today, you know what? Uh, when we talk about anniversaries, we've been talking about the 30th of Tiananmen. Um, tomorrow marks the 75th anniversary of D-Day and there's all sorts of ceremonies underway through the um, through the English coastline and then into France uh, right now to mark that and we're seeing a lot of uh, video coming out and hearing a lot of stories about the 75th and it was interesting because there was an Ipsos read poll that was done earlier this week that was talking again and I had talked to someone from Historica Canada I think earlier this year um, saying that a lot of folks um, weren't able to uh Identify some of the key things that had happened um, at uh, you know during D-Day, down to the point is not even sure who we were fighting at that point. Oh wow! Um, and so <laughs> you know it's it's a it's a history lesson, and I hope uh, folks take the time over the next you know couple of days to you know watch some of the videos and, and hear some of the stories. Tomorrow we're going to have some of those on the show. Yeah, tomorrow's going to be another very uh, compelling show. We're going to load it up with people yeah. that have a connection to to that day or are doing work today to help people look back at what transpired yeah. uh, at uh, Juno Beach in 1944. Um, it's going to be powerful. It's going to, but it's going to be great to listen to, and a lot of good stories are going to be shared. Yeah, there's ceremonies being held right around. Uh, well, in Canada right now, Halifax is. Uh, there's a, there's well, General Vance is there right now. They're they're laying memorials at the Sailors Memorial there because you know they need to look at the uh, the the battle Battle of the Atlantic. Look at everything that happened there. So, um, fascinating stuff. My dad is there right now. My my dad um, is um, just hopping on the. 
the ferry from uh, Dover. He was supposed to be at Portsmouth today where all the ceremonies were going to be, but I guess because of all of the, the security deta- detail regarding the fact, you know, the Queen there, uh, President Trump's there, all of that, so they've been switched over, so they have to be kind of quite fluid right now with this tour company that he's with, but he will be at Juno Beach tomorrow for that Canadian service, and I said, oh, great, Dad, I can talk to you. He says, we'll do an interview, and he says, well, how are we going to do that? And I said, with your phone. He says, but Jay, he says, I didn't bring my phone. I said, what do you mean he didn't bring your phone? Who doesn't go anywhere and doesn't bring your phone? Uh, but he doesn't use, he doesn't have an iPhone, he doesn't use, you know, that sort of stuff uh, for it. He's like, no, I just I just have my iPad and we'll have to communicate through Facebook. I'm like, oh, geez. Anyway, uh, there are a number of people who are over there and we will be talking to some of them. Um, Sagar Magani um, is, is there right now talking uh, about the D-Day veterans and the fallen being honoured in England the day before the invasion's 75th anniversary. On the southern coast from where thousands of Allied troops launched the invasion, an unusually personal tribute from Queen Elizabeth. On behalf of the entire country, indeed the whole free world, that I say to you all, thank you. She was among those at a D-Day commemoration, including President Trump, who read from a prayer Franklin Roosevelt delivered during the invasion, telling the country of a mighty endeavor. A struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization. Some 300 World War II veterans were at the seaside ceremony. I'm Sagar Megani. One of those veterans is Jim Parks. He was 15 years old when he joined the Queen's own Cameron Highlanders in Winnipeg. He was transferred to the Royal Winnipeg Rifles and then sent to Britain in 1941, eventually landing on no, at Normandy Beach as part of the Allied invasion on June 6, 1944, known as D-Day. He's now 94 years old, 94 years old, and he just says, you know, he felt he had to do his part. I wouldn't be in the infantry again, but I was infantry at the time. It was, a, it was sort of adventurous because my dad had been in World War I, and uh, there's all kinds of movies, and you're sort of, a, even though it was brutal and everything else, you said you wanted to be in there too. Yeah, so uh, you see, and we were just watching some video, uh, the two of us, of of the veterans there in the service, and you see them all still, you know, just so standing there so proud and, um, you know, saluting. And one of the things that I always found uh, amazing, whether it's at a Remembrance Day service or it's at a bigger service like these, is just uh, the power of them and the power of those images. And, you know, you talk about uh, kind of the greatest generation and uh, what they went through and what they did. It's unreal. I mean, just listening to him, he's mm-hmm. saying his dad was in World War One. Uh-huh. It seemed adventurous, and I should get in there <laughs> so too. So let's do it. <laughs> should get in there too. Yeah. Like it was just okay. I have to do this. I'm going to do it, and I'm I'm going to fight for my country. Like it was just. I'm doing, I'm not thinking about it. I'm yeah. just going to do it. Well, and so, so many of these boys, like you said, he was 15 years old when he joined. He was too young to join. And somehow, you know, you hear these stories about these these guys that, um, you know, you know, fudge their papers or talk someone into signing something off and just, you know, they went and did it. And think of yourself when you're 15 years old. I mean, I was an idiot when I was 15 years old. Oh, me too. You know, I, I can't imagine doing what um, so many did, I, right? I've thought about it on many occasions over the years yeah. about exactly that at 15 what i was doing at 15 <laughs> i if i were to get involved in that situation that they were in yeah. at 15 i just feel like i would have put my feet on the ground and i would have passed out yeah. out of fear yeah and that's it mm-hmm. that would have been the end of Pooped it for your me. pants and kept on going 100 percent. yeah 
you know, yeah. and it, it's just incredible to, to hear those words and hear him say that it was adventurous. Just to think of it that way at that time. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, you're, you're fully immersed weeks or months later and you don't know when you're you're going mm-hmm. back home. You mm-hmm. don't know when it's going to you end. You don't know if you're going to get home. That's that's the other thing. You're barely an adult when you get home yeah. at 15. If yeah. you're there for four years, mm-hmm. you've just turned 19. Yeah, it's, it's um, you know, when you travel through Normandy and through Belgium now... Um, you you witness firsthand, and for those of you Chedville, you know it. Who who've done those trips, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The the uh, the Allied cemeteries are just kept in just tip top shape. And um, I was showing you some some video from Benny Sermer Cemetery where there was a service uh, held today. There's just over 2,000 Canadian soldiers buried there. I think it's uh, 2,044, 2,045 that buried there, and it's just down the road from from Juno Beach. Um, but it is when I walked in there the first time. Um, and I've been there three times in in my lifetime, and and every time it struck me the, you know, for a place that saw so much death and what would just happen just down the road, it was such a peaceful, serene, sacred spot. Um, and again, I think cemeteries always have an and, and I. I'm, I may be a little odd, but I enjoy cemeteries. I enjoy history, and I enjoy walking through them. Um, but walking up and down the aisles, uh, you know, walking up and down and seeing the names, seeing how old they were, seeing where they were from, but seeing what the people of Normandy, the people of, of Belgium have done at these cemeteries to keep them just so perfect. You know, the flowers, they're, they're cleaned off all the time. The grass is just perfect. And that truly is their thank you. Their thank you back uh, to Canadians and to the allies for for what they did i I find it beautiful that they do that Mm -hmm. for so long i mean 75 years they have kept that that plot of land in pristine Mm -hmm. shape and and like you said just all over and but all over the countryside too yeah Yeah, it's absolutely unreal so um and it was was my dad um he says oh we're going to uh, benny sumer cemetery and i said dad we've been to benny sumer we've been there we we had we've gone there and he says well i don't remember it i said well you remember it when you get there that for me was the big one when i went over in 2003 to cover the opening of the juno beach center and the juno beach center is where the service is being held tomorrow right on the sand uh and 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 that's just you know just off from juno beach Um, um, and that was the place for me that it was almost just a bit of an epiphany moment. You just kind of look around and you go, holy crap, what happened here? And when you see it and when you feel it, it's just yeah, history, history became alive. History became real at that moment. And it, 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 and it has led to, uh, you know, numerous things in my life. Um, but it was a real, real turning point for me. Yeah, especially, I mean, I can't imagine that moment of actually putting your feet mm. on that sand mm-hmm. and just sort of looking out into that ocean yeah and all of us have seen the the video and images over the year of years of what happened there but like you said it's you almost put yourself there for a moment and just try to soak it all in and realize just what that was like at that time first time i walked down to to the beach and in cresel sur mer which is what juno would be is um it's just a little seaside town it's like a little fishing place and people are out fishing the fishers are out and they're bringing back they're cleaning their stuff on the dock but you look out and you know you see families um having a picnic down there you see kids playing in the water but then you look over and there's a there's a tank there's a there's a monument there's a tank over there and then you look over here there's these german 
um, for I think they were called pillboxes, which is the, the the big concrete barriers where they would, you know, hide behind. Right. When you look around and there's like the, the 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 France and the Canadian flag up and down the beach, and just Canadian flags, and you'll see this, and you'll you'll see this over the next couple of days, just Canadian flags lining the streets in France. Um, it is uh, it is breathtakingly beautiful and and chilling. It is, uh, it's a combination of both and makes you think, boy, oh boy, I hope I can live up to what these men and women gave us. And we never will be able to. No. That's just it. Plain and simple. I mean, it's, it's hard to even talk about it. Just thinking about, yeah. about that. Yeah. It's, it's hugely emotional and, you know, and I know and I understand that not everyone can, uh, can get over there and get a, can, can travel, whether it's to Juno Beach or whether it's to Vimy Ridge or maybe it's Passchendaele or maybe it's Beaumont Hamel, whatever it is. But if you ever do get a chance, I urge you to. If you get a chance, and I know, you know, I know it's tricky, but uh, we're planning hopefully another one here in the next couple of years because it certainly, it certainly is worthwhile. Thanks to producer Brad, Brad for popping in uh, for the last little bit. Uh, you're going to come back around in a little while. Yeah, we're going to chat. Uh, well, we'll chat about the conversation you're going to have at 3 yeah. o'clock. And then we're, uh, of course, going to touch on some Raptors game three tonight. Oh, so we'll do gosh, that later yeah, on. Yeah, okay. Uh, thanks, Brad. Thanks for this. Um, some of your texts coming in out of Smoky Lake. It, you know, you're talking about World War One, World War Two. Uh, tomorrow being the 75th of D-Day. In those days, by 15, you could shoot skin and get a bear by yourself. Much different than the 15 years 15 year olds today and this one says at 15 i would have done it in a heartbeat i have a interview with the canadian armed forces this month i'm 28 years old i wish i did it sooner well good for you and congratulations and best of luck on that one just want to play this one for you sergeant norm kirby a veteran of the normandy and holland campaigns uh, spoke at the ceremony at benny sur mer canadian war cemetery today thanking the people of france for their hospitality greetings I, I, I'm so surprised to see so many people at this. It's so gratifying to uh, to be remembered and, and associated with there. I'd like to point out these people sitting in the front here. They're all veterans and all have the Légion d'honneur. From, from the French government, and uh, I welcome them, and I would uh, just have a few words, I'll, I'll re read it off. <clears throat> Thank you to the people of France for hosting the D-Day celebrations. All of the Canadian veterans are very happy to be in Normandy. Thank you to the French people for giving us the Légion d'Honneur. We are very proud to wear this Légion d'Honneur medal. Merci beaucoup. Thank you. And I'll keep it short, and I thank you very much. <laughs> 
That was Sergeant Norm Kirby, a veteran of the Normandy and Holland campaigns of World War II, speaking at Benny Surmer Cemetery uh, this morning, thanking the people of France for their hospitality. Some of your texts coming in, uh, Mark says, Jay Lynn, on the eve of the 75th anniversary of D-Day, I'm ashamed of how trivial our society has become. We constantly sweat the small stuff. We make mountains out of molehills. We lack the character to put into perspective the sacrifice of our fallen forebearers, let alone walk in their footsteps. And this one, hey, Jay, I love your passion for history, especially for D-Day. Have you ever thought of doing a listener trip, World War II style, like doing a, as, a, as a history trip? You know what? That's a very interesting thought. I'll keep it in mind.